This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Kia ora and welcome to Recollections Radio. What a great way to start the week. Jill, how are you? It's the perfect way to start a week. I'm, I'm very well. Absolutely wonderful to be here again um, and great, wonderful feedback from last week's show. So that's good. And it's been so busy this week. Oh I my know. goodness. We are working on so many different projects. So um, yes, what have we been doing this week? We've been, I've been talking to the council community boards um, about our drop-in sessions around the city. Um, I've been looking at the polio project, and which is gathering um, rec- you know, r- r- research and stories around what how polio affected Dunedin. Um, and I've been talking to community groups. Uh. So we've we've been in touch with the Jewish community, and the oh, well we've got fingers out in lots of pies, shall we say? Oh, so oh, and I've been something. researching about Lan Wan, the um, Chinese garden, oh, for our timeline on that. So yeah, lots of work going on. Um, and, and yeah, juggling lots of things. I know. And yeah. I've been kind of busy fossicking around at books and learning about things, just preparing for interviews that are coming up. And, I, and one of the, the great joys of this job is being able just to take time and learn about people in the city and how amazing people are. I have, did you know that we have a pioneer of the cable car? Systems born right here in Dunedin. In Dunedin, I met him this week. So kind of. So cable car <laughs> systems all over the world. Well, the man who devised them was born here. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, so he was. So George Smith Duncan was born here in Dunedin in 1852, wow. and he designed Dunedin's first cable car line, which was the first one outside of the United States and the first one in the Southern Hemisphere. So he was an engineer. He was 29, and he'd never ridden on a cable car. How amazing is that? And then he designed a pulley system that they still use in San Francisco today. And he designed the the Melbourne cable car network. Which is still being used today. Which is still being used today. What a legacy. I know. And I I thought, we need a statue to this man. He's amazing. (laughs) Oh, we should get that going. We should. Let's think about that. And I sort of think, isn't that interesting? I mean, there's probably, you know, cable car and railway enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah, that are probably thinking, yeah, of course, he's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I'd never heard of him and yeah. I'm just blown he away. He certainly by needs recognition. That's he does. It. I, it's news to me. And, and great to hear that we have these wonderful, amazing people yeah. who have such an influence on the world. How glorious. I know. Very, very amazing. Well, that so kind of, you, you'll be talking more about cable cars later in the show, won't yes. you? Yes. But let's talk about some other things that we've been um, looking at this week. We've had um, such wonderful feedback from people as a result of last week's show. I'm so pleased that um, people are listening and that they want to take part. They really want exactly. to join in. So I'm very excited because um, this is what we will thrive on and, and how the archive that we are adding to will grow and come alive, really. Um, yeah, it, had, takes, it takes people to listen in and help us out. We it really does, need yeah, people to help it, us. It, it, an archive is, is just facts otherwise and exactly. we want it to be a living thing. So this is fabulous, really good. Um, for example, we've had a former staff member who actually had polio, former library staff member. So that'll be really contacted interesting. Contacted us. Yeah. yeah. 
um, and, and is willing to talk to us about that experience and how it affected her. Um, so that's very exciting. Not that she had polio, that's awful. And no, we've, no. You know, but really great to hear personal stories. Exactly, because normally um, you hear about what happened around polio, yeah. but not the, the actual experience that yeah, someone had. So that's, that's really right. special. And I've been reading some uh, newspaper articles this week about polio um, in the Otago Daily Times, some old clippings, letters to the newspapers. And it is really um, <laughs> weirdly... <laughs> weirdly uh, similar to what's going on nowadays with our COVID situation. So it's, uh, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting project, putting those two, the polio and the the history of the COVID um, epidemic side by side. Exactly, yeah, yeah. nice so, comparison. Um, yeah. I've been writing the timeline for COVID as well for, um, you know, when it all started back in 2020, which yeah. is now starting to look like a good year. Um, <laughs> I've been writing the timeline for that, and my goodness, it's got longer and longer and longer. And it seems like so long ago it yeah. started, you know. It, it really does, and but so much has happened. Anyway, so that's one of the projects we've been working on. Um, we also had a suggestion from someone uh, called Eleanor, um, who is uh, a lovely follower of the library and supporter of the library. Um, she's a poet. Um, she suggested we interview former hillside workers Fantastic. on the show, and I think that's a great idea. We, yes. should, we should definitely try and get hold of some people who worked at Hillside or on the railways. Um, we love that idea because we've been recording um, photographs of the protests. Of course, mm. Paul S. Allen's collection has been recording um, people who were present at the protests, a visual, visual representation of those protests. Um, and we've also been taking pictures of the demolition as it goes on in Hillside Road because it's just opposite our library there in exactly. South Dunedin um, and the lovely librarians have been taking a little bit of time just to take a photograph and record that as it happens. So that has been wonderful um, and we'd love to put all of that together to make a complete story. Um, so if you worked on the railways or in the workshop please do get in touch with us or if you know someone who did or you have a relative um, who told you stories of how they when they worked there that would be really great to hear from you. Um, and don't forget, you can listen to the podcast of this show on demand at www.oar.org.nz so you can share that with your relatives and friends. Yeah, and listen over and over again to our interesting interviews and exactly. stories. And all of our interviews will be added to the Scattered Seeds archive, so all of the interviews on this radio show become part of the oral history of Dunedin. So beautiful. <laughs> Let's have, a, have some music now, I think. Here's Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers, and I hope you'll forgive us if we just uh, pop out and have a wee boogie around the studio while this is playing.
And that was Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers. A great choice there, Jill. I really like that. the Doobie Brothers. And so appropriate because you had a great conversation with Neville Jemmett from the Dunedin Heritage Light Rail Trust this week, didn't you? I did. It's great to um, catch up with Neville. It's always an interesting conversation with him. He's always so much fun. It's great to see him. And uh, and, yeah, it was just to to talk about uh, the work that the, the Trust is doing to bring back the uh, cable cars to High Street. Fabulous. That's going to be another wonderful oral history for our um, research on vintage Dunedin transport for the Scattered Seeds Archive. So shall we hear what he had to say? I think we should. The Dunedin Heritage Light Rail Trust was formed with the aim of reinstating the Mornington cable car line. Today I'm talking to Neville Jemmett from the Trust to talk about the wonderful world of cable cars. Thank you for um, speaking with me today, Neville. That's right. You're welcome. So... Um, Christchurch artist Don Makara has been um, a big supporter of the trust. How did he get involved? Well, he, he had a book. He was he just wrote about cable cars, Dunedin cable cars, and he launched it down here. And at the end of the show, he says, it's about time you formed another committee. Because we already had th- four committees oh. tried and never got past oh, okay. first place. So... He asked for volunteers, and I sat there with fingers, hands <laughs> under his knees, and he got six, and he said, I, I want seven. And a lot of people were pointing, I didn't know, but they were behind me, were pointing at me, <laughs> and um, he said, sir, stand up. And I stood up and said, what do you want? He said, will you be in the group? I said, I, I've never seen a cable car in my life. Ah. And... He says, yeah, but I understand you started around a park. Ah. Oh. And so they they put me on the group. And so at the beginning, I was just the spare one. Oh, okay. The other, other, there were seven on the group, and the first six knew about I'd been in groups before. Mm. So they became the, the main thing, and I was just a, one at the other end. One of the other people. Yeah. So, because it was Phil Cold, wasn't it? No, it started off with uh, Tony Chance. Oh, okay. Tony was the first one. And we found that the other groups weren't doing any good because they never had a base to work on. So we spent the first three years just working out a base. We didn't talk to people. We just sat, we had meetings once a month. And we formed a base. So from uh, 2007... Till 2010, we were only just inside buildings. Ah, oh, okay. Then on 2010, we went to the city council and told them about it. And they got pretty enjoyed it about it that stage. But the, then another group tried to start as well. And so the city council said, there's only going to be one group. Which one is it going to be? The other one was going to go up Stewart Street. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I didn't realise that they were... So, certain going, they, they were doing it for profit. Right. We were volunteers. And uh, they, their costs didn't match up right. So, they went away and we took over. So, we, we called the Dean City Council... No, we called the Dean Cable Car Trust. Yes. But when we started trying to find money, nobody would give it to us. <laughs> because... They thought we were DCC. Exactly. It's and so we we stayed like that for a while. Then then Tony went away. He was a movie man. 
Oh, okay. He was tied up with a movie, so he got into a big movie. Ah. So he had to pull out and go. That's when Tony Chance came in. Right. Oh, and, I thought it was Phil Cole. Eh? Or was it Phil Cole? Oh, so, Phil Cole. Sorry, yes. Phil Cole. Phil Cole. And um, unfortunately, in um, 2012, late 2012, he got pneumonia. Yeah. Um, leukemia. Oh, that's right. Yes. Leukemia. And so he had actually confined to home. Mm. So what we did, and at that stage, it's only him and me left. All the others had gone to jobs up north or something like that. So it was only Phil and me left in that, in that uh, first trust. Mm. It wasn't a trust as such. It never got the, the signing on. Oh, okay. It was just a trust by name. Mm. And so what I did, I said, you, go, you do all the work at home. So he was walking out, working work, things and all that. And I started trying to set the trust up. Ah. So the trust started, started going in um, 2012. And I got it finally through in 2013. And so he passed away in 2014? No, he, he, he died in about halfway through 20, no, near the end of 2013. Oh, okay. And the trust started three weeks before he died. Oh, gosh. So he was only in it for three weeks. Mm. And, and, and Don Macara, up until then, was nothing at all. He was just the guy from Christchurch. Just the artist. Yeah, basically. <laughs> in, in the um, restorer. Oh, okay. He did all the restoring in Christchurch. Oh. See, all the cars we got now are from Christchurch. Yes. So he was a restorer of them. Oh, I didn't realise. Because I've seen his, his beautiful um, paintings. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. and they're, they're amazing. I didn't realise that he, he worked yeah, to restore he, them. He too. was a teacher and a painter. Yes. Yeah. And so we... we um, he was, he was not much to start off with. Now he came in when the trust started. He right. became a trust member. Oh, so he is part of the trust He was well. one of the trust. There was my uh, brother-in-law, Trevor Gowdy, and he was a finance man, so he became a finance man. We had, um, what's that for? <laughs> we had, <laughs> we had, um, Hannon, um, Murray Hannon, he was a lawyer. Oh, okay. He became a lawyer. And then Don Macara was the expert, and I was the gopher. Oh. <laughs> because I, I'd never seen a cable car. No. Oh, so you'd never driven, you'd never ridden I lived the... in Christchurch. Oh, okay. I came down here in 1980. Oh, because oh, I just assumed that you would have had this love of riding no, the cable cars. No, not and... a thing. <laughs> I never even knew one. I only saw one. The first one I saw was in... Um, San Francisco. Oh, okay. Oh, so you have been around. I went and... over to San Francisco and I met people over there yeah. that have all their cars. Yeah. That must be amazing to, oh, know, is. to see them yeah, in action. They have um, 58 going a day. Oh, <laughs> and we just want one little one. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we, when, I, when the trust started, the, the end one, it was... 1914, uh, 2014, yeah. we started. And I, I could see we weren't going anywhere. Mm. We got to the stage where we had to do something to go. So I started finding out about cable cars. 
I found out there was only seven in the whole of New Zealand. Oh, okay. And so I started finding out where they were, whether we could get a hold of them, mm. and it was the Christchurch one said, look, we haven't got the room for cable cars here, and because if they go, if they're going to get them going again, they had to do what we were doing. Like they had to make the tracks, mm. they had to make everything. So the people in um, Motat and the ones in Christchurch said, "Well, we're not going to do that. So we'll work with you." Oh, brilliant! So that's how the cars came available. Mm. They made them available at um, one thousand dollars a month ah. for three years. Okay. I wrote up their contract for us, and I forgot where the where the um, dot noughts are. <laughs> so I went one nought dot nought nought, <laughs> which turned out to be ten. Oh. So we've got them for ten dollars a, a year. Oh, that's pretty. That's a good deal. And yeah, and we also got it down to in uh, indefinitely. Brilliant. So in other words, I'm not going back. No, because when did the so the cable car house in Eglinton Street. So when did that start? It started three years after we started. Right. So we, we started in 2010, and it took me three years to get the uh, council, nice people, <laughs> get the council to give us the rights to first the land, mm. and then the, the building, and then the right to build. Oh. It took three years. And so by 2015, we had a house up there. And that's when I went to Christchurch and got the cars. So how many cars are there now? There's three, three there now, two, two fully restored <laughs> and one not restored. Okay. So, so the Tramway Historical Society, based at Ferrymead in Christchurch, they've restored those cars for you, yeah. haven't they? So how many, how many people would be involved in a project like that? Well, that one eleven. Took 33 years to oh. restore. Oh, and are they just all volunteers. Yeah. I was going to say a volunteer because you'd never be able to tell how long something like that would take. And the the ninety five took about uh, twenty years. Then it became part of the museum. Oh. it was in the museum for twenty seven years before we got it. Because I, I mean, they're just so lovingly restored. Yeah. They're really beautiful, and just all the brass fittings and yeah. the paintwork. Good they're work, yeah. Gorgeous, yeah. Of course, they had a whole lot of strict things we had to cover ourselves down here. Mm. So we we have to insure them. Exactly. We got to make sure they're locked up and all that sort of stuff. So they're happy with what we're doing mm. down here. So what's the um, when they're being shifted from Fury Mead to to Dunedin? Is that a nerve-wracking experience? It was a, a good one for us and a bad one for them. Oh, <laughs> how so? But they were quite happy us going there and picking them up. We picked them up in a big truck, 20, 20 yards long or something, or oh. 20 metres long. as a truck and a trailer. Right. So one went on the front, one went on the back. Oh, so they both came at the same yeah, time? Yeah, came right. time. Yeah, and we, I followed them back. <laughs> I was behind them. And, of course, over in, in Timaroo... You had to go under the railway crossing. Oh. Is it Timaru or Omru? Omru. So is that, you have to make sure the heights... So, so we had to go round the outside of it. Oh, of course. It was too narrow mm. to get under, so we had to go round it and come back out again. <laughs> so we got, we got here one day, didn't we? And the next day we went up there with a crane, big, big crane, 
and uh, took them off. <laughs> and one of them, I'll tell you now, is higher than the power wires. Oh, so they have to crane them over the... Over the top and put them on the tracks. I just think that would be so nerve-wracking. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we got them in here. Mm. And what the uh, 75 had to come out from the museum. Right. So that took about another month, month and a half. Because when they got it out, they found it's been sitting for so long, it was all stuck. Oh, so they had, a, they had to grease it all again. And then they looked at it and said, oh, it doesn't look good, so they repainted it all. <laughs> so we got it all repainted. So how often is the cable car house open? Not as much as it should be, because since COVID, we mm. got no, not many people coming out. No. Um, we had about 15 volunteers. Okay. We would open every day. Oh, right. We opened like either in the morning or the afternoon mm. and do about three hours of opening. We now are only open, we've only got one helpless now, that's that Matt, Matt Gardner. Right. He comes on a, I think it's a Sunday. Yes. And opens up. Hmm. Yeah, so you can see the little flags out there. Yeah, so if you're yeah. driving down Eglinton Street, then you make sure you stop yeah. because it's, so, it's so, so much fun to be on those those cable cars and yeah. you know, outside. And we, we, we've got a, there's a whole lot of books there, mm. the people signing the book. Right. And we've got about six or 7,000 people in them. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. that are supporting it. I was going to say, it shows the interest. Yeah, in it? fact, we've had nobody since I've been in it. And they actually said no. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Everybody like says yes. Yes, yeah. So, now I have a few technical questions. What is the difference between a cable car and a tram? <laughs> a hell of a lot. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> the tram is um, the um, train, anyway. Ah. Train. Trams, cable cars are trams too. Mm. But there was trams that had motors and trams that didn't ah, have motors. okay. And we have the ones with no rotors. Mm. We don't have a rotor. We have a string that goes under the road yeah. and it goes all day long. So it's just continuing, it's a round circle, moving in a loop. Round circle loop here. Right. And so the cable car Hooks just onto grips. It. So it grips to move and to stop it, let's go. Yeah. And they've got um, four brakes on it. And so when they come to the stop on the, on the level bit, mm. they pull the brakes on. Right. And they and they take the hook off the brake off the cable. Ah, oh, okay. So yeah. the, is it quite a strong, like? Oh yeah. Pull quite hard. It's jammed right and tight. Yeah. Yeah. You start off with it. If you put it on tight, you go from naught to ten and like that. Pretty quick. <laughs> and so what they do, they put it on slowly. Right. And it speeds up. So is it quite a hard job? Is it quite hard? A hard yes, job to yes. be? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, um, tr tram drivers were. Pretty big guys. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a nervous job, wouldn't it, if you say? Mm. <laughs> if you, your grip's not tight enough. Yeah. All of a sudden you're flying the, down yeah, high yeah. street. <laughs> yeah, so that's the main difference between the two. Mm. We're a lot quieter. Oh, true, yes. Yeah. Apart we, from bells. Yeah, the bell and the um, the uh, wheels on the road. Right. Oh, of course, yeah. That's the only two noises that we get. Yeah. Um, so when I was uh, researching... Um, for this interview, uh, I discovered that you know, the designer of Dunedin's cable car system, George Duncan, and I had never heard about him. So he was a 29-year-old engineer when he designed 
the first cable car system outside of the United, Sto United States and the first in the Southern Hemisphere, which was... Yeah, and uh, the second in the world. Isn't that amazing? I just... That blows my mind. Yeah. And so it ran, now they said, from the Shamrock Hotel at the junction of Rattray Street and McLagan Street, and it ran up to the town belt. Yeah. And he also designed a pulley system, which allowed the cable cars to to turn the corner yeah. without letting go of the cable car. Oh, well, they turned it and go part way, and then go and then grip it again. Right, so yeah. So as they're going round, they've just waited them of getting around the corner, mm. And then he equipped it again when he went downhill. Yeah. And so they use that system has been used in San Francisco as well. Now it is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so amazing. And still used. Yes. And so then he went on to work in Australia and he was the engineer that designed the cable tramway in Melbourne as well. Yeah. And it's just so amazing to think that, you know, we have a real kind of transport pioneer in cable cars, born right here in Dunedin. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, was a wee well, he, he started in 19, 1891 mm. when he first started. Right, yeah. I mean, and because and I also read that he had never actually been on no. a cable car. No, he liked me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, he just, he just read... He read it out of a book. A book, you know, as you know, a shout-out to libraries, I guess. You yeah. know, the power of the book, you can... That's why when you... If you look at the Rotten one mm. and look at the Mornington one, they're shorter. Mornington's shorter. Oh, OK. Because we go, we go like that down the hill. Mm. So we couldn't be a big, long one because we were jam. Ah. Oh, jam okay. coming up again. Right. So yeah. our, our, our cable cars are smaller. Yeah. Than the ones in Rotherham. Mm. I always see those photos and think, it must be strange to be, you know, with, you see people kind of hanging off yeah. the side of the cable cars, but they must have been pretty safe. You know? Oh, we only got one death mm. the whole time we were here. And when you think how many trips up and down the hills there would have been, yeah. it's pretty and amazing. that death was not our fault. No, was it a... A kid got on a car and a, and a car came down and it was parked on the track. Oh. And the cable car ran into the car. Oh, no. And um, no, no, nobody's still killed there, but two two people lost their legs. Oh. But it's still pretty amazing, though, isn't yeah. it? You know? Especially, like, seeing those photos of people hanging off yeah, the side yeah. well, we, or walking we, round. We won't be allowed that many. No. We'll probably have, say, five or six either, mm. either side. Yeah. And they'll probably have to get off on the footpath side. Yes. Because in the old day, they just jumped off anywhere. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, because the conductor would kind of walk around, wouldn't they? And I thought, that's a dangerous job too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know to do that now, see. In those days, the, cable, the um, payman had to catch the people, mm. had to go around and see them. Yeah, and, and clip, imagine trying to hang on and clip yeah. tickets and... Yeah, and <laughs> duck around people. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, that's got to be a They won't need to this time because they'll have cards. Exactly, yeah. It'll be not, not easier for them. Mm. So what are the main challenges facing the Trust now? Well, the main tr Trust at the moment is, is COVID. Mm. There's no money. No. Nobody, the people like um, the Trust and all that, they have money every year. Mm. 
they haven't got the money no. anymore. I think a lot of trusts will be struggling at the moment, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I mean, we had the um, uh, um, hotel trust mm. were going to give us um, $100,000. COVID came in, yeah. they jumped it down to twenty. Ah, yes. yes. And that's not much, they can't give no. up for that. No, and it's, it's... And the other one... So what would be the best way for people to support the Dunedin Heritage Well, Trail get Trust? volunteers again. Yes. And get the thing open more. Mm. That's the first thing we ought to do, get it back open into more days. Mm. And, um, well, I don't know. Yeah. The people with the money aren't paying at the moment. No. So what we need is someone to win the lotto and you know, and then yeah. donate money to, yeah. to get this. We've, we've got fifty thousand um, given. To, it's going to be given to us, mm. but we've got to liven up with something. Mm. So when we get an idea, yes, we can go with her and she'll give us the money. Mm. So we need some some people to come along with some brilliant ideas and fundraising. Yeah, and fundraising, time to, fundraising. Yeah, time to volunteer. So, and one of the other things, I mean, you've got a website, so I mean, people can have a look at, you know, there's lots of fascinating information yeah. about the workings of the cable cars and photos of the morning yeah. conductors. Well, we equipment. used to, up until we while ago, we used to have a, a book out, a, a magazine out every three weeks, three months. Yes. But I haven't, done, I've only done one for no. last year. Yeah, it has, I mean, it's been a very, very tr tricky time at the moment, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I, I mean, I highly, highly recommend um, a visit to the cable car house. You know, this is something amazing about being able to sit in a cable car outside, not in a museum, and just kind of think, what, well, how amazing it would be to get them going. You see, in, in Christchurch and um, in Auckland, they can't sit in them. No, oh. they only walk around them. Oh, and that's a real shame because I mean the. The restoration work that's been done yeah, can't is see it. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So we're the first one to let people in. Mm. Yeah. Oh well, thank you for talking to me today, Neville. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that one day we'll be able to do a live interview as as we're cruising down High Street in the cable yeah. car. You in the front. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll drive. <laughs> thank you. Okay, thanks. And I want to thank Neville for um, letting me talk his ear off and ask me lots of questions <laughs> the other day and to thank Pam for the wonderful coffee and mm. uh, yeah it was really great to see him. Yeah good hosts and a fascinating conversation it's so good to hear about the cable cars and all the work that they're doing it's an amazing it project is. they've got underway. It's great. Bringing cable cars back to Dunedin wouldn't that be wonderful? It'd be amazing I just love the idea of not having to walk up High Street. Oh, what could you ask for? That in itself <laughs> is worth its gold isn't it? it is. really? <laughs> So that was Neville Jabbit from the Dunedin Heritage Light Rail Trust and if you want to find out how to visit them because you can go along and visit um, the Cable Car House uh, you can find out their opening times on their Facebook page. They have a Facebook page Dunedin Heritage Light Rail Trust. Um, it's staffed by volunteers. Uh, it's free to go in. Mm -hmm. um, how yes. do you find it, Jill? So if you at the top of Eglinton Street, Eglinton? Uh, at the top of High Street, there's Eglinton Street, and oh, okay. when, the, when the house is open, you'll see the flags outside and you'll see a couple of cable cars as well. Oh, fabulous. Beautiful. Okay. Do you know what? Um, Don Makara, who you talked about in the interview, he's written a beautiful book. Uh, he's an artist who was raised in Dunedin. Um, and the book is a collection of beautiful paintings that really bring alive New Zealand's original cable cars and the 
post-Second World War world they inhabited. So it's a valuable book to look at. Um, we actually have a copy in the collection, but really excitingly, you can buy cards and prints of those paintings from the book, from the shop at the Light Rail Trust Cable Car House. So um, even more reason to visit. Right, and they're such beautiful, beautiful prints. They're gorgeous. Mm. So uh, it's probably time we had a bit more music, I think, don't you? Yeah, before we go to that song, I just wanted to, to say, you know, I highly recommend going to, to visit the cable car house because the restoration work on those cable cars is spectacular. The attention to detail that there's real artists at work restoring those, those cable cars. And even if you look at the windows uh, along the top, the screws that screw the windows in, the screw heads are all, the horizontal ones are all lined across all level yeah. and the vertical ones are all vertical. So someone's actually taken the time to yeah. make sure that they're all perfectly you know, placed. <laughs> it's a really beautiful that thing. That is passion, isn't it? That it is. That is other half of the job. That, and that's just wonderful. And the years of work that goes into restoring Absolutely. those things by volunteers is amazing. Yeah. So yes, please go and visit and help out if you can. And they probably look better now than they would have done back in the day yeah. when you when you went to work on them. I think so. And it's <laughs> nice just to sit in them and look at all the brass fittings and yeah. the leather straps. and That yeah, bit of a luxury. Definitely worth a, definitely worth a visit. Excellent. Here's the Drifters with Kissing in the Back Row of the Movies. Your mama says that through the week you can't go out with me. But when the weekend comes around, she knows where we will be.
the, the great things about this job is, is meeting people that have big goals and, and a determination to kind of you know, reinstate the cable cars mm. and do amazing things and, and what a big you know, thrill that is for the people that get to you know, be involved. Mm. And last year I was lucky enough to be able to um, accompany my mother on a train trip uh, around the Lower South Island, so we went to from Christchurch over on the Transalpine, oh, and then bus down beautiful. to Queenstown and down to Invercargill, and then got the train all the way back up to Christchurch, which was amazing. Yeah. And it's so rare what to get the cool opportunity round to do that. Trip. It was amazing. It was <laughs> Ten days yeah. of just cruising around with about 120 retirees and mm. me, and it mm. was fantastic. Well, one of the things that we got to do was they. They had a trip on the Kingston Flyer as a surprise for us. Oh. So it was the first time in eight years that they've been able to have passengers on board. And so we arrived in Kingston and the steam was going and oh. it was so exciting and everyone was just running around taking photos. And then the train left. We got the bus round and we met it at the station in Fairlight. So the locals had opened the station in oh, Fairlight for us. Oh, the the iconic... Um, railway box there that they often have on the the channel one oh yes. trailers that's yes. beautiful yeah yeah, yeah yeah and so they welcomed us with glasses of bubbly and cheese oh, rolls lovely. and then and i just they were so passionate and so excited to have it running again yeah. and i mean the paperwork that we've been involved in i imagine it's getting a passenger mm. rail line like that going again yeah. is amazing and you're know, having to make sure the the areas, the grass around the track was clear, so you yeah. imagine accidentally setting fire to something. Oh yeah, because it's very dry down there Very too, dry, yeah. yeah. But it was it was just amazing, and uh, yeah, so, you know, that those determination that people have to make history come alive again. Exactly. It's just so And just the joy that it, it brings for people, yeah, you know, yeah. and hearing the memories of, yeah. you know, people who, you know, been yeah. on those trains before. Yeah. yeah. People Beautiful. might say, you know, oh, what's the point of history? It's experience, isn't it? It is. It's, it's being there in those shoes and. Yeah, those moments of magic like yeah, that. It's just and, joyful. And yeah. so I'll be um, uploading some photos from that little trip away. Fabulous. So much, yeah. such fun. I'm glad you're going to be contributing to I the will. archive, yes, Jill. I try and make a little bit of history every yeah. day. <laughs> and, and it's great to get your story as well. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, you know, maybe if there, there'll be other people out there who've been on local train trips, maybe they've been on that Kingston flyer with you, um, or, or at other times, of mm. course, um, or maybe they've been on the Tyree Gorge Railway and oh, had that beautiful Gorge. journey up to Middlemarch. Mm. If any of you have been on a local train trip, we'd love to hear from you if you've got tickets or timetables or memorabilia from that those times, maybe some photographs we can upload, and your story of how that journey went. That would be so good to add to our archive. Um, so again, do get in touch. We ought to probably remind people about how to get in touch with us. You can email us on library at dcc.govt.nz. You can call us. You're looking horrified, Jill, at having to remember the number. So I will just say, I always get it wrong. It's 03 <laughs> 477 4000 or 474 3690. You can contact us on either of those numbers or that email address um, and let us know or you can come directly on to the archive and contribute and I always forget the name of the button uh, oh there's dunedin.recollect.co.nz oh, dunedin.recollect.co.nz and the button 
is the contribute button. Contribute. On the left-hand side of the website, you can see the contribute button there and become a member, join us. And yeah. uh, with just your name and your email address, that's all you need to give us. And, uh, and you can upload your memories there. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Well, it must be just about time for another bit of music, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just going to say if people who um, worked on those um, old means of transport, other means of transport, could be could be rail, could mm. be cable car, could be trams, could be trolley buses, um, could be the old um, horse-drawn bus that went from Outram to wherever um, that I saw on the uh, Tyree Historical <laughs> Society page the wow. other day. Um, if you've got memories of those, photographs of those, um, if you worked on them, um, if you maintained the vehicles, if you did the overhead lines for the trams or, or anything like that, or if you've got stories from a family member, you don't have to be the one who actually worked on them, but you might have great stories that your uncle or your grandfather told you about. Um, we really would love to hear you. How did they travel around the city and any other memories that they might have that would really help us bring the archive to life? Yeah. Now then, another project that is very dear to my heart that we've been working on is our virtual theatre museum. Uh, we have started the project with uh, looking at WOW Productions and their cinema project that they had going in from 2019, mm. um, which included the marvellous play The Flick. I love that. That was beautiful, so good. Beautiful play by Annie Baker. Such a good cast, really good performance. They were fantastic. Yeah, they, that really affected me, and I'm still remembering it now. Um, and they did a couple of other shows, The End of the Golden Weather, of course, a very popular one, and Party with the Aunties, which was their tour, which was such good fun. Um, so they have very kindly agreed to contribute some of their project to our project and on so the archive. Because the, the library partnered with WOW um, for their project and uh, we had uh, little postcards with images of you know, the Odeon and Century Theatre and so we had them at collection boxes around the library so people could write down their memories and, uh, you know, and share them with us and, and now we sort of have like a more sophisticated way of um, recording memories so so we're able to you know, have people come in and we can just sort of chat about yeah. their memories and then much you know, like Neville much like Neville and yeah. just record a little interview and uh, yeah, yeah and then those stories can and we've go got that beautiful oral history then yeah. for the archive but if you're not comfortable with oral history that's fine too we, we can we can still go down the, you know, writing it mm. down route and record your memory that way. So, you know, so not everybody's comfortable with, with talking out loud. Um, which leads us to next week's show because we are, um, one of our projects, one of our many projects is mm. the, uh, the entertainment project, if you like, is the overarching theme, but it's, it's going to be covering the cinemas of Dunedin as, as part of that, um, the very many cinemas of Dunedin. So in next week's show, Jill, we are? I'll be talking to Russell Campbell. Russell Campbell. I know. So he, he um, last year, in uh, 2020, he celebrated 60 years as a projectionist. So he has so years. many memories. Yeah, it's great. And he still loves the job, doesn't he? He does. And he, he's so, so good at talking about the job. He's fascinating to listen to. Um, we had him talk at the library. We did. I think 2019 again. Yes, it would have been. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I could have listened to him for days. He was Such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, and, and just loved it. He did. His yeah. passion and his joy for it came through. Um, so, so I'm really looking forward to yeah, yeah, chatting with him again. It'd be great. That would be wonderful. I'm really looking forward to that one myself. Now, I spotted something really fascinating last night that I did not know about. You're talking about learning all the time. 
Um, I follow Upright, uh, exploring Dunedin's built heritage on Facebook. Oh, and they shared a post from the Hocken Collections last night, um, which uh, was all about, uh, and something I've no idea existed, um, a band rotunda right in the middle of Port Chalmers, a slap in the middle, you know, the <laughs> junction where the port is, yes. where the town hall and the library are, that big junction there. That was filled with a band rotunda. <laughs> right. Beautiful little band rotunda. Did not know that had been there. Um, according to the Hocken Library, Hocken Collections, it was um, built around 1910, and they're actually working on a project team describing and digitising in anticipation of adding to their online collections all about the rotunda. Um, and they're going to be sharing some more images on their Facebook page. So if you do follow Facebook, it's worth having a look. Yes, um, the one, the one they put on this gorgeous wee thing, like a little onion roof. <laughs> um, if you, you obviously can't see it, people who are listening, but um, it's very pretty, and I hope you you can see that. It's on the probably if you go to the Hocken Collection page, you'll be able to find it. Um, it's uh, from the records of the Otago Harbour Board. It was built as a say. Oh, sorry, I said 1910. The po the photo was from 1910, but the rotunda was built in 1902, and it was demolished in 1939. So I always think it's interesting sometimes because you see an image like that with a, a monument or a statue in a photo and then you wonder what happens to it. Well, yeah, where did that go? Did it, did it get moved somewhere else? Because that was like the yeah. fountain that was at Queen's Garden that was moved to the Botanic Gardens now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting because I mean sometimes you don't make that connection until yeah. you see a photo and you think, oh, hang on, wait, that's... It's a new now. project for us. Where are they now? <laughs> Monument edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where did that go? Who's got that in their shed? Yeah, no, that that would be great. Um, but no, that's fascinating. I would I would love to know if anybody, well, possibly we don't have anyone who has memories of it, but they might have a, a relative who told them about it or, or yes. knew of its existence. Certainly I didn't. Um, I love those Facebook kind of things yeah. where a photo gets thrown out and yeah. you just does start reading That conversation comments. starts going, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and that does remind me that we're also looking at um, uh, the music project that we're working on as, as yes. part of the entertainment um, overarching art, uh, entertainment heading, um, which goes along with the cinemas and the theatres, um, is, is the music venues of Dunedin. And Dunedin and Port Chalmers and you know, other, other um, suburbs have had countless music venues and we'd um, really like to make sure we get their stories down before too late. And um, I think, you know, there's sometimes there's kind of funny little underground places and, you know, yeah. people that I might not know, we might not know yeah. were there and yeah. have just kind of, you know, disappeared. You know, exactly. Industry, little like little, little basement venues like the, the beatnik type things, mm. um, but also things in, in our living, yes. type, you know, like the chicks and... Yes, um, yeah. and Sammy's. I mean, oh, Sammy's, yes. You Sammy's. know all about Sammy's, know, don't I, you, Jill? I did spend an awful lot of time there <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> but it was in Crawford Street, so it was originally His Majesty's Theatre. Yeah. And I just love that building. There's something about the proscenium arch and yeah. the, the theatre and the amazing bands that were there. I mean, yeah. I saw well, that's the thing. Push, it's, push. We can see the buildings and we might have photos of what they look like, but mm. what we actually want as well to make that real and, and full, the full story, is to hear what it was like being there. Exactly. You know, what bands played there? What were the bands like? How, how was the music? I remember be, having, because you'd start to get the other stuff there, and yeah. having 
an arm having to take an armful of toilet paper through to the ladies' toilets. What? <laughs> I made the mistake of saying, "There's no toilet paper." Ah, uh, <laughs> so you got the job of taking no, it through. Such a such a dignified moment. That's so Dunedin. <laughs> Watch who you complain to because you may end up Fair doing hints. the job yourself. Oh, so, what are your memories? Have you got memories of carrying toilet paper um, or others? Hopefully, of, they're more pleasant. <laughs> hopefully, they're much more musical. Um, I mean, I saw the. The violent femmes there, you ah. know, the, the bands that went through yeah. and Faith No More played there. There were so many huge groups that played yeah. in, that, yeah. in that beautiful theatre. A lot of bands, of lot of bands began exactly. in Dunedin. Yes. So yeah, yeah we, we want to hear those stories. It's not so far away, that history. There will be people out there listening who've and we got want, memories. we'd love to see photos of interiors of those buildings yeah. as well, because you always see the outside, but... But just exactly. see that red carpet again. Yeah, the, if you've got if you've got the sticky carpet, if you've mm. got posters, um, posters, we won't take them away from you. We just want to scan, want them, to scan them and give them back to you so you can keep them. But we'd really love to see them. The band posters are so creative. Exactly. And that's and you know that is art. That is part of the art history of Dunedin. And the other thing is, you know, sometimes you might give have taken a photo with some of the artists that played here. Yeah, We'd love yeah. to see it, because what else are you going to do with them? You may as well, well share right. them with the city and say, look, exactly. I stood next to this amazing person. And we'll preserve them for you, so you don't lose them. Exactly. Or they won't get eaten by mice, which is always my constant fear. <laughs> well, you know what, Jill? I think that's all we've got time for. We have certainly packed a lot in this sure week. Sure have. Yeah. And we're looking forward to seeing you again next week, people. Please do tune in, 11 o'clock on Monday and every Monday on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. And don't forget, you can listen to the podcast on www.oar.org.nz. But for now, that's us. Have a great week. Have a great week. See you later. Bye. And here's one last song to play us out. This is Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. I love struck Romeo Sing the streets of serenade Laying everybody low with a love song that he made Find the street light Steps out of the shade Says something like You and me, babe How about it? Juliet says Hey, it's Romeo You nearly give me a heart attack He's underneath the window She's singing Hey, like my boyfriend's back You shouldn't come around here Singing up at people like that what you gonna do about it? Juliet, the dice was loaded from the start. And I bet many you exploded into my heart. And I forget, I forget the movie song. When you're gonna realize it was just that the time was wrong. Juliet. Different streets, they both were streets of shame. Both dirty, both mean. Yes, and the dream was just the same. And I dreamed your dream for you, and now your dream is real. How can you look at me as if I was just another one of your deals? When you can fall for chains of silver, you can fall for chains of gold, you can fall for pretty strangers. And the promises they hold You promise
promised me everything You promised me thick and thin, yeah Now you just say, oh, Romeo, yeah You know, I used to have a scene with him This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.